Welcome to this podcast, Magnified Word. My name's Jim Drinks. In this episode, we're going to look at the benefits of work. And we're going to start out at the beginning of mankind, back in Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. In the last verse of Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. In the evening, in the morning, were the sixth day. So this is where everything was very good. This was before Adam sinned. And then in chapter 2, verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. And then down in verse 15 it says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So this was the best environment possible for man. And God, when he first created man, he put him into the Garden of Eden, this great environment, to dress it, to work it, to do the work that was needed to maintain the garden and get the fruit from it and to keep it or to guard it. And so we see here in the ideal environment, man was working. And so paradise, the the best environment for a person involves them working. You might think that paradise is sitting on a beach all day and drinking Coronas. But here we see when God first created man and put him in the best environment possible, he was working. And see, man was designed to work. And one way in which this was helpful to me when I first learned this is I realized that when we are in funks in our mind, when there's things that trouble our minds, a great way to get rid of that is by simply getting up off the couch and getting to work 
And I started thinking that maybe a lot of mental health problems could be solved, could go away simply by getting up and getting to work. And I looked into this a little bit and found that in 2005, the United Kingdom's Department for Work and Pensions commissioned a team to review the scientific evidence regarding work being good for your health and well-being. And they came to the conclusion that there is a strong evidence base showing that work is generally good for physical and mental health and well-being. Not working is associated with poorer physical and mental health and well-being. Work can be therapeutic and can reverse the adverse health effects accumulated during unemployment. These are the things that they found. And that's exciting to consider that simply getting to work can solve a lot of problems. Proverbs chapter 16. Here's another verse that was life-changing to me when I first learned it. In Proverbs 16, verse 3, it says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. So commit your works unto the Lord. Start doing God's word, and then your thoughts will be established. Then your thoughts will fall into place. And this uh, really helped me because there's been times in my life where I was troubled about something in my mind. And so I would sit there and try to straighten out my thoughts. And that didn't work out too well. And remember, man wasn't designed to sit there doing nothing. Man was designed to work. So logically, when you're working, your brain will be working better than when you're sitting there doing nothing. And in James chapter 1, it says to be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And then a few verses later, It says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed, or in his doing of God's word. So we do God's word, and then we'll be blessed and happy in the doing of God's word, And then our thoughts will be established. Then we'll be thinking soundly. We're not to sit there and try to figure everything out before we start doing anything. Because we're not going to figure everything out. But we are to get up and start doing God's word. And then we'll be happy and then our thoughts will be sound. John 
The Gospel of John, Chapter 13 Verse 1 Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God, and went to God, he riseth from supper, and laid aside his garments, and took a towel, and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. And then I want to skip down to verse 12, where it says, So after he had washed their feet, and had taken his garments, and was set down again, he said unto them, Know you what I have done to you? You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. He was washing the disciples' feet, which was a job that a humble servant would do in that culture. And he was doing it as an example that he wanted them to follow. He wanted them to serve each other. In verse 16, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. It doesn't say, happy are you if you hear about them and forget them, but happy are you if you do them. See, we are to get in motion with doing God's word and serving God's people. And it's in doing it that we'll be happy. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Verse 12. The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. A laboring man, a man who works hard, has sweet sleep. He, he sleeps well. He's peaceful. And God tells us that we are to labor hard. Consider Ephesians chapter 4. 
Verse 28. Let him who has stolen steal no more, but rather let him labor hard by working what is good with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with him who has need. God tells us to labor hard. We are to labor hard. And one benefit of that is that then we'll earn money and have something to share with people who have a need. Colossians chapter 3. Verse 23. Whatever you do, work heartily as to the Lord and not the people. We are to work heartily. Heartily means vigorously, without restraint. Work as hard as we can. Give it all we've got. And we are to do that in whatever we do. And that's similar to another verse in Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Verse 10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. Whatever you do, we are to do it with our might, with all that we've got. Just like Colossians 3 told us. And that's a great point, is that we're not going to be able to work in the grave. So, while we're alive, let's do our all. Give the work that we do all that we've got. Consider uh, Psalm 39. Psalm 39, verse 5 says, Behold, thou hast made my days as an handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before you, before God. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Say law. See, our life is very short. The time that we're alive and this life is a precious short time. So while we're alive, let's give her all in the things that we do. Let's do our best. Luke chapter 16. In Luke 16, this is Jesus Christ Speaking here, in verse 10, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much.
this is a great thing to keep in mind that we should do our best in even the little jobs that we do. You know, we saw from Colossians that whatever you do, do it heartily. And see here in Luke 16, we see that he that's faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. The quality of work we do in little jobs is the same quality work that we're going to do in big jobs. And so that's why it's important to do our best even in little tasks. And as we're faithful to do good work in little jobs, then that'll open up the door for us to get bigger jobs. I was thinking about how if you're nonchalantly playing a pickup game of baseball with some friends, it might not be that exciting. But if you're playing in the World Series, that's exciting. And if you're a good baseball player and you know you have a shot at making it to the major leagues, then you're probably going to work really hard in those little baseball games to get yourself prepared to perform well and make it to the top in baseball. And likewise, we can have that mentality of doing our best in little things so that we're prepared to do great work when it comes time to do big things. And with that mentality, it makes even the little work that you do a lot more exciting, doesn't it? Proverbs chapter 19. On the other hand, Proverbs 19 verse 15 says, Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. It says, Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep. When we're slothful, when we're lazy, we get groggy, we lose energy, and we don't work as well. So we don't want to get slothful because that'll take a toll on the quality of our work. And we want to work heartily, work vigorously, like Colossians says, and that'll help us to stay energetic and help us to keep going. Once you start working, it's easier to keep working. It's kind of like Newton's law that an object in motion stays in motion. And it's kind of like how athletes warm up before a game so that they can achieve peak performance. They don't just sit there doing nothing until the game starts. See, and that's a great thing to know too, is that when we work vigorously, 
it helps us to have energy and work well and keep going. Let's go back to the Gospel of John, chapter 4. Here's Jesus Christ with his disciples, starting in verse 31. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat, anything to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. See, Jesus Christ had that mission of doing the will of him that had sent him, and finishing his work. And Jesus Christ called that his meat. It was his food. It was what sustained him. And kept him going. And I think there's a great lesson in that. I think it can be very helpful to think about what work we want to do and want to accomplish. Maybe you want to help a thousand people get born again. When you have an important work that you're involved in. And from reading God's word, we can see that there's a lot of important work that God would have us to do in this life. And when we have that important work that we know about and that we focus on, it can be our meat. It can be our food. It can motivate us and keep us going. It makes life a lot more exciting and exhilarating. So it's great to have important work to do. That's a lot better than just sitting there doing nothing. And so, to summarize, we've seen that man was designed to work and that we function better, we're happier when we're working. And we've seen that God wants us to labor hard, to work hard. So I hope this has been helpful and inspirational to you. And in our next episode, we'll look at more of this same type of stuff. We'll look at Proverbs about diligence and slothfulness. <laughs>